What's the movie that that the kiddos are watching tonight? Uh, tonight, the kids are enjoying Lady and the Tramp, which is a perpetual favorite uh, because they they love to imagine that Lady is our dog Olive, oh. and basically, you know, watch all of that play through while making you know extra close associations to their own dog. Right. So, who's the tramp in this scenario? Like, who would be the tramp in this? Uh, it would be my cat Hamilton. I think who's so. Right. Getting yeah. on. Yeah, he's starting to get on in years. Oh yeah. He's getting yeah. a little rough. He cannot eat, you know, a full bowl of cat food without spitting at least half of it back up. You know. Oh. Uh, wow. As I as I say regularly, he's the seven time world champion of throwing up cat food. So. <laughs> Fantastic. You know. Have you have you swapped him to uh, like an all vegan diet? Have you tried that? Because you know he's uh, that's that's uh, that's a good cat- point. I should look into that. I should look into that. He's uh, that that could work for him. That could yeah. resonate. And then like he bounces back. He mm-hmm. starts getting extra stylish. Yeah, his his hair is his growing hair is back thicker really- than <laughs> ever before. His his coat is is just looking amazing. Oh yep. God! All right. Well, yeah, we're we're talking we're talking Hamilton. So yes, that's, that's right. it. That's we're doing it. We're doing an episode here. This is... That means I'm Hamilton's dad. Oh, and I borrow one of his exotic sports cars and like drive it through a bunch of bushes by and completely, accident. Yeah, crane yeah. it in like a pretty fancy suburb of London. Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's go for it. We are back folks with another episode of the f1 files uh there should be like a music stinger playing here but i'm not going to produce one and drop one in so let's just imagine there was like a music stinger uh so this is the f1 files i just like i just like the we're back energy that you're bringing Mm -hmm. to this like no matter what you try to do to shut down the f1 files it ain't happening baby the f1 files is still going strong yeah, yeah. You can you can organize, you can protest, you can send your typewriter written letters to us. We're, We're not shutting it here. down. Yeah. We're we'll not just, going away. You can't we'll just, get rid of us. We'll just find another another platform to host on. Uh so that's uh that's that's what we're doing here. We're doing uh an episode of the F1 Files. This is a cold case edition of the F1 oh. Files. Yeah, baby. Uh but but first we do we do have some hot news. Uh what what's what's going on in the world of F1 this week, Johnny? Well, we should All introduce right. ourselves. I didn't I'm I'm ruining this already. Oh uh, god. Me. Oh man. As one Should of the just... hosts. All right, I'm sorry guys, you stopped the F1 files dead in its tracks. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're done. Like... This will be the final episode. Yeah, as we're we're claiming nothing can stop us. We've the only people who can stop us are ourselves, which is That's right. <laughs> who uh, are? Oh, nice. Very nice segue. Uh I am Corey Willis. I'm an improviser, writer, comedian, actor out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Laporte, creative consultant, designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. So, uh, Corey, you you mentioned we've got a cold case that we're going to unpack. But first, we do have some slightly uh, warmer temperature developments to unpack from this past week. So last week, we were talking a little bit about uh, Red Bull and their new car reveal that will be Mm -hmm. happening 
uh, later this week in New York City on Friday, February 3rd, they are yeah. going to unveil their new vehicle. Um, probably not really unveiling their new car, probably just unveiling a new livery. And they've also mentioned, they keep bringing up, it's going to be the biggest reveal ever done. Mm-hmm. But they've also kept mentioning that like, it will also be revealing our new kit, which I believe is Euro slang for like the, you know, the, 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 the track jackets that will mm-hmm. be wearing. We'll be unveiling our new uh, wind pants. And, yeah. And whatnot, uh, which, which, which is so, yeah. it's such a weird people outside of the the u.s have such a specific way of talking about racing gear uh like the the phrase suited and booted is Mm -hmm. racing it's that's a racing phrase you're literally wearing your fireproof suit and your racing boots like that's so when people are like i'm suited and booted they may not even know it but they're referencing uh, racing culture uh but yeah uh kit a kit reveal is also what they refer to as like the coveralls that they wear, the fireproof coveralls with all the sponsorship logos. Uh, logos. I mean, I also assume it's just going to be like the, the like polo shirts that they're wearing, you know, around mm-hmm. the paddock during the weekend and, and whatever. Basically just windbreakers nice. and hats yeah. and yeah, yeah. Maybe some Merch, merchandising. Um, so, all right. Uh, this will be happening. Mm-hmm. Later, uh, later this week in New York City, there's a rumor floating around that Ford mm-hmm. may have a presence as a part of this reveal. And there's been uh, rumors that we previously discussed that Ford has been talking about getting involved with Red Bull and likely through a sort of sponsorship, which would effectively equate to a, a Ford decal on mm-hmm. the side of the car, like a big branding opportunity. And the team would likely become a Ford Red Bull um, as opposed to, you know, Oracle Red Bull or or whatnot. Uh, this seems to imply that Ford would be already good to go and jumping in for the 2023 season, right. uh, which would be huge, would be a big deal. Big American brand showing yeah. up in F1, potentially even bigger. There are murmurs that this is phase one of the Ford Red Bull relationship and that the long game is for Ford to show up in 2026, making a power unit for Red Bull racing, uh, which would be pretty momentous and would, you know, signal the same level of powerful investment in the sport that we've seen from Audi coming in. Exactly. Um, you know, again, always worth, if you're a more casual fan, it may be surprising to hear, but, you know, the Aston Martin team is not running an Aston Martin engine. You know, no. the Alfa Romeo team is not running an Alfa Romeo engine. Those nope. are basically just stickers on the side of the car. It is a, a sponsorship and and nothing else. And so this gets me, this gets me thinking a little bit, you know, does this start to explain why the entire paddock have been ice cold towards Andretti Cadillac. Like, is this one of the silent, one of those more silent engine suppliers who has been working and negotiating uh, through the proper channels uh, that, that, that we've been, we've not really had, I guess there were no proper channels prior to this, but the more back room channels and back. The, the yeah. end. 
Yeah, I mean, the Andretti Cadillac team approach, their attempt to enter the sport has been uh, very public, very brash. I don't it's mind. Like, I think it's great. I like, think it's a good way to do it. But it's like a very it. evil Knievel, I'm going to jump these dirty <laughs> school buses style of entry. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very entertaining, but I don't know how like sustainable that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... We'll, I like we'll, I like that. It's like <laughs> Evil Knievel doing the jump and just being like, I just assume once I'm in the air, the people will know that somebody should put a mattress down there yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. Where it should be placed as well. Uh, yeah. So there's. So, there's, yeah, I mean, this just element. gets me thinking that like the the teams have maybe been aware that Ford are planning on coming in and showing up with a power unit at some point, which is a much more serious commitment to the sport, which would then put the teams in a position to say like, you know, Andretti and Cadillac, well, Cadillac's just a sticker. No, yeah. big, no big deal. No big whoop. Even though I think uh, we're, we're still reverberating from the uh, potential impact of that, that partnership. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think, Corey? Do you think there's a chance that just first off we're gonna see Ford be part of Red Bull for the 2023 season? I think I I don't know. This is really tricky because Red Bull just upped their sponsorship with Honda, and Honda and Ford are direct competitors. They are mm-hmm. both like the secondary manufacturers within their own respective countries. So they are absolutely people who have a reason to not necessarily want to partner up uh, because they, that could cause friction within like the manufacturing process. That Mm -hmm. said, I think that Red Bull, if anyone is capable of compartmentalizing their sponsorship, I think Red Bull is uh, because they are such a brand force. They are such a force within like the sporting community uh, in not just the hyper, like, you know, this, the, the elite top tier sporting community, but also like, you know, the kids who go out and uh, play summer league ball, like sometimes they're sponsored by Red Bull too. So they're just like a brand that's recognized within sport. And I think Honda and Ford would both, sustain a a pretty decent bump from any sort of sponsorship or like Uh, Mm co-branding and it would be much more significant than any sort of like competitive advantage they might realize uh on a quarterly basis right like i think sure and i think that red bull is good at greasing the wheels with stuff like this uh also like you had said having an actual manufacturer show up to f1 there is a lot more that the other teams will benefit from uh, because sometimes mm-hmm. when parts are homologated, like we, like we've talked about some parts from some of these companies like Mercedes uh, and like Ferrari uh, and now like Renault, they end up in other vehicles and they end up getting homologated by the FIA. And then they're just part of everyone's car and everyone has to use it and it's standardized. So if, Ford brings their technology and their development ability uh, and just their innovation, their ability to innovate uh, and works with Honda engineers and their incredible ability to innovate and, uh, and find new paths forward within their own business. I think that formula one 
it's like a rising tides raises all ships as far as technical proficiency versus a big fancy heavy GM Cadillac sticker that just goes onto a Renault engine that ends up in mm-hmm. the back of someone else's chassis. So it's I, I don't mean to cast too many aspersions on Andretti, but it is a polished up version of what Haas did. Uh, right. ultimately is what we're looking at with with Andretti Cadillac. I think Ford Red Bull is going to be very different. I think if they show up, they'll bring their tech, they'll bring potentially immediate engine manufacturing uh, and some of their technical proficiency to F1. And I think that that's the other teams gain more than they lose with the Ford Red Bull thing. They gain way more than they lose uh, when you compare it. <laughs> with like the Cadillac Andretti partnership. So uh, it's, I think it's not likely. I think it's possible, but uh, I think it's more, I guess I think it's more possible than the Andretti Cadillac thing at this, at this time. Interesting. Um, Do we think the teams are going to budge at all and let any of these new entries come in? I mean, I don't think so it's possible but like you had said uh in like uh formula racers i think is the the account that you would that you had sent me that tweet from where someone had interviewed christian horner and he echoed the same sentiment uh as us where Hmm. the idea is like hey yeah if you notice the only two teams that are on board with this andretti cadillac move are the two teams the only two teams that will actually benefit from this in a financial way. So directly part of a partnership. Yeah. With them potentially. Christian Horner came out and said that in an interview. And I I knew that that was how everyone was feeling, but to hear someone as outspoken and someone with as big of a mouthpiece as Christian Horner has, you know, um, (laughs) I'm trying to be polite here. I'm trying to be reasonable. Uh, Dude's got a big (laughs) mouth. Uh, So uh, (laughs) he's, yeah, but he's, I think him saying it out loud is kind of uh, a, not a death knell for Andretti Motorsport uh, and Andretti Cadillac, but I think that it will cause them to reevaluate that uh, their attempt at entry. They may have to grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. Pardon that shitty pun, but like they may have to figure out a way to make this more worth it for every team and not just two teams. Uh, yeah, which is going to be tricky. Because then that's like, you know, briefcase is full of cash. Who knows? Uh, how, how does this work now? You know, how, how how do these teams benefit? But it doesn't come out as like weird bribing. Because that's right. ultimately what we're talking about here. It's just like. Well, I mean, that's also what they've been formally yeah. discussing is like, oh, should the bribe to enter the sport exactly. be three times what we previously agreed the bribe would be? Yeah. Which is, to me, disgusting. Um, I may still just be absolutely intoxicated by the combination of the names andretti and general motors slash cadillac but i'm Mm -hmm. I'm still optimistic that if nothing else fails the money makes things happen and that there will be some long-term financial gain to be found that others will miss out on hard enough if this doesn't happen and that those forces will come into play and start forcing everyone to be, you know, a little more accepting of yeah. this. Because otherwise, I mean, it really does just seem like the, if, if this is the kind of position that can be taken, like how does any team 
enter the sport if they're just going to keep inflating the 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 payoff yeah to get in and and join you know especially when if they are truly of the mind that it's going to be so disadvantageous to them to have anyone else in you know how how are you going to get this unanimous agreement across yeah. all the teams and i i really think we're going to see some other some other forces come into play that weren't anticipated that'll start to lean on and press those teams in a much harder way. I mean, we'll see. We will see. I, I also agree with you, John. I think it's really exciting to potentially have someone, and I don't mean to be on board with like disruption culture, but I like the idea of like Andretti Cadillac showing up and being like, we're just going to show up and do things differently. We're going to really mm-hmm. like full court press this in a way that, used to be rewarded right so like this is also the yeah. the weird thing is that this is this is how racing teams showed up this is what they would do they would do these like full court presses they would show up at people's dinners they would wait outside people's offices like they would do these kind of very public like showings of hey we just want to we just want to be a part of the crew we we don't care mm-hmm if we're going to be at the back of the grid, we just let, let us, let us prove ourselves. So I think it's, it's a weird thing, uh, which in a very kind of funny meta way is like, we have such a history of uh, being like uh, the last people to show up are the ones who get it the worst. And now an American team is showing up to a European uh, party being like, Hey, just because we're the last ones doesn't mean you get to treat us poorly. It's like, wait, but mm-hmm. this is literally your whole culture, right? Like, this is what you do to everyone, yep. especially people who come from here. Is like you treat us bad until someone else shows up. Like, what's up? So there's there's something funny, <laughs> a little bit ironic about that whole situation. Uh, that's but, uh, uh, that's that's beautiful. I I uh, I appreciate that sort of like reverse ellis island uh mm-hmm. effect um yeah that's a that's a beautiful thing Corey. Gonna, if, if you're andretti motorsports we're gonna need you to add a few more vowels to your name uh before you mm-hmm. show up please uh yeah so we'll we'll see it's tricky this is this is part of why it's kind of like kind of like Corey's. sorry i'm sorry to cut you off yeah no but, go for it yeah uh uh, again, I'm still recovering from recently rewatching through The Sopranos in its entirety, mm-hmm. and there's this amazing uh, episode early in the in the show's run where uh, a few of the key family members all go back to Italy to meet with yes. the the crime family in the in the motherland and. There's so there's just one scene after another of them cutting away to the Italians just being like these guys are disgusting animals. <laughs> who are these clowns? Who are these clowns? What is you know how do they, how do, they do any of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all just like, food is delicious here, guys. This is more of that wine, please. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so cool that you guys invented tomatoes, and they're like, yeah, they actually came from the Aztecs in the 1500s. What do you what do you do? <laughs> Oh God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're not there. It's a, it's a little, it is a very like ugly American thing. Uh, and it feels that way. Uh, but I think though, I think though there's a better chance that what this is, is it's going to be, uh, 
Andretti Racing, you know, heading over to to Europe and being like, pack as much Domino's pizza as you can because I don't think they have it over there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, when when they show up in the European circuit, uh, there's just so much McDonald's, uh, mm-hmm. just like chicken yep. nuggets, and it's like, ah, uh, okay, well, we have sandwiches here, and they're like, are they Subway sandwiches? Because if they're not Subway sandwiches, we can't. Yeah, our our little tummies. Uh, but I do. Th- I think I think that there will be some sort of negotiation forward there's a path forward i think with android mm-hmm. motorsport uh i just don't know what it is right now and especially with ford kind of showing up to the dance it's like uh-oh wait uh when do when's my moment i think our moment may have already passed but we'll see they may come back a lot harder uh speaking of past moments what's going on with the fia johnny what's what's uh what the like we recorded Ooh. we recorded a little early last week and it oh wow 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 what happened um okay so at the <sighs> start of this past week uh Mohammed ben Sulayem basically <sighs> stepped in it real hard mm-hmm. uh and and ruffled many many feathers uh throughout like, the organization when you say stepped in it you mean like he like got like made loud aggressive noises to get everyone's attention as he climbed up the tallest possible diving platform and then did like the dumbest looking belly flop in front of everyone right like that's what you mean by stepped in it that is uh i mean it was a belly flop that happened after hitting himself on in the crotch with the diving board oh great down Great, great, great. Um, all right. So uh <sighs> and, and there's there's yeah, and this was just the beginning of his week. Uh so there were some rumors moving around that uh one of these big money Saudi funds was mm. looking at the notion of perhaps buying Formula One from Liberty Media. Mm-hmm. Um Liberty Media has owned Formula One for, uh, it's got to be close to a decade now. It feels like it was just recently that they came yeah. in and bought it and sort of de-Bernie-fied it, but it's, it's, been, yeah. it's been a bit of time now. But they own the commercial they, rights. They own like the right yes. to broadcast, to sell merch, to hold races, to collect money as the entity of Formula One. I believe their purchase price was like two or four billion dollars. Uh, no, I think it was more than. I think it was closer. To, I think it was a little closer to ten, um, uh, okay. or maybe it was six. Maybe it was six because they like bought so, it in two thousand eleven for like yeah around like just under. It was under ten million before, or ten billion before. Yes. Um. Yeah. Ooh. So the the rumor that was going around. Oh, actually, no. I think they got it for. I got it for even less. No, they got it for four. It was four billion. Okay, four billion. Uh, it was it was four billion. <sighs> um, they the rumor's been going around that this Saudi fund was interested in purchasing it for twenty billion dollars. Yes. Like they came uh, in way over bid. Like they were, it was one of those, like, we're going to let our money do the talking thing. Um, 
because like the valuation was set at like 11 billion or something like that. Like it wasn't a huge valuation before the recent explosion of popularity. Uh, but yeah, in the past five years, they they were basically like 20 billion. We'll take the whole thing. <laughs> now, not, you know, it's it's not landing because Liberty has said, sorry, we're not we're not interested in selling. Yes. I think also Liberty immediately like turned to each other and were like, dude, we're worth 20 bill. That's amazing. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. That is absolutely insane. Um, and it's that's like a I hold mean, the line probably idea of like, oh my God, look at the return on our investment. Let's hold out yes. a little longer and see how much yes. more we can. Yeah. Get. And, and again, I think everybody still feels that we're still at the beginning of a growth spurt in Agreed. the sport. Um, so Muhammad comes in and just makes a random comment about it. I think he actually tweeted tweet out. It was a tweet. It wasn't even a statement. It was a literal tweet. These guys, these guys in the tweets, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, made a tweet, uh, and, and sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but it was effectively something along the lines of like $20 billion is like a grossly inflated price for the sport and is like you know it's ridiculous and shouldn't be taken seriously in the first place and so this is this is a guy who is a a key representative of all of this like and he he yeah this is like if if he was selling his house for five hundred thousand dollars and someone came over and said i love this house i've got to have it I want to make sure nobody else gets their hands on it. I'll give you six fifty instead. Oh no, and John! He would just... It's 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 yeah yeah. Way, no, it's, it's way more ridiculous than that. It's like five hundred thousand dollars. I'm selling his house for, and someone came in and was like, "I'll give you thirty million dollars for this." Like it's that level of like what? Well, well the but the uh, yeah the most the most ridiculous part though is that he's saying like. No, it's not. Yeah, he's saying it's not it's not worth that. Don't give me don't give me that. Yes. Don't, don't raise the value of my my property for me. And so uh, and and I mean, you know, when you are when you're a part of an organization like this, you actually have a like fiducial responsibility oh, yeah. to all of your other shareholders and whatnot to make sure that you're protecting the value of something like this. And so coming oh, yeah. out and thrashing it on on Twitter is effectively like a legal offense to others that are partners in this in this business. And so uh, I believe he got a very strongly worded letter from the FIA and from Formula One that were effectively just saying like, oh, like F the FIA came out and made a statement like the board and then the law, like the legal department from F1 mm -hmm. put out an official like on the letterhead being like, we this is unacceptable. You have no business making this statement. However, mm -hmm. this statement does expose you to legal repercussions for diminishing the value of our brand. Not your brand, not this brand, but like our brand. Like clearly being like F1 is us, not F1 brought to you by the FIA. That's not what this is. This is Formula One and F the FIA just happens to be the regulatory body that it comes with 
like it's a it's an add-on it's a garden shed uh if you want you know um if you will like yeah it it helps the property and helps us maintain the property but doesn't it's it's not the property the property is the property right um so yeah they they came out real hard real fast yeah i mean i don't i don't know how you just sort of like throw something out there like that and not expect it to slap you in the face i don't know how you're in the lofty position that he's in and realize that that is like you're instantly making enemies of your friends in that by saying something like that enemies Um, of the people who already kind of consider you an enemy like yeah you're you're making yourself into a villain so that's that's just that was just the start of the week. That was like the professional folly of MBS. I mean, time moves time moves pretty fast these days and sometimes when you ruin your career on Monday, you might actually have it back by Thursday or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately for Ben Salam by Friday, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It was surfaced that he had made a previous statement. It's wild. Uh, and that was quoted in the Times, uh, the the British paper, the Times, that he did not like women who think they are smarter than men, for they are not in truth. Yeah, that's about as gross of a way of putting that as you could put it. Like, it's already an incredibly gross and like toxic and harmful statement but to say like i don't like people who think that they are because i don't like people who don't know the truth it's like whoa dude yes, you just yeah. you just said the worst things yeah. so many different ways so aggressively <laughs> like so concisely it's just i've never heard misogyny and sexism done so efficiently uh by someone it's it's incredible it really is Corey, incredible. i really i really appreciate your multi-layered analysis or that uh, hyper slow-mo replay of the diving board uh hitting him <laughs> in the crotch uh, yeah yeah because that's i mean that's it right that's like that's what it is it's not just saying like women have smaller brains than men it's like saying like how dare they not know that yeah or small like it's it's uh, like yeah. that makes That's me pretty, like them even less than i already didn't like them it's like what the whoa dude whoa nobody nobody needs to ever make statements like that ever. so it's i just i yeah. hate to i hate to contribute to the sort of like snowballing of you know shit that is happening to ben Salam at mm-hmm. the moment but i i can't help but now just be like all right well when we were talking about his I mean, totally absurd statements about removing uh, the driver's freedom of any kind of like protest or political statement. Yeah. Um, I think when we discussed that, I had, you know, phrased it as like, it's so boneheaded. It just sort of seems like that, like completely out of touch, you know, uncle at the family dinner who's, you know, talking about Trumpy stuff or, or whatever. And yeah, you're just like ah, they'll they'll never get it, but don't worry, they're not going to actually ruin things for the rest of us. Um, now, uh, you know, between between wanting to rein in the political statements, uh, a special shout out to him describing Sebastian Vettel as riding around on a rainbow bicycle. Yeah, because he's such a hippie. Yeah. Um, 
you know, <sighs> the <laughs> this sort of uh, this, you know, just being like financially irresponsible with the organization, him being at the prize giving ceremony, like completely wasted on stage. Yeah. And like making it a deeply awkward and uncomfortable scene for for everybody. Yes. Um, yes what's what's going on with this guy what's is he like musking out right now what's no, so uh, what's, this what's happening this harkens back to the days of max mosley this is this is max mosley when in like 2004 so uh i, I just watched the documentary um mosley it's complicated and it's clearly done by uh mosley's people the, and the title of the documentary is Mosley. It's, it's complicated. complicated because they go through this whole process of like his literally. Okay. So his dad was a fascist who was trying to become the literal prime minister of England and was pretty close to becoming the prime minister of England uh, until uh, just before 1940. Uh, and then in 1943, he and his fascist wife, uh, who were married at the home of Joseph Goebbels, uh, who's the guest of honor at their wedding, was Adolf Hitler. Like, this is who Max Mosley's foundation is. Uh, so this okay. is... It, so it's complicated is, like, the most polite way of putting it. It's like, oh, this dude is the son in, of Nazis, of, like avowed nazis and fascists like proud it's like that it's like that show about uh jeffrey dahmer that's just called dahmer it's complicated it's like it's complicated because <laughs> i guess he was a human being and had nuance and emotion but other than that yeah it's pretty straightforward who this man was and where he comes from uh so comes from uh, just the worst stock, but then tried to distance himself from his his name, his like family name, uh, so that like he was like everywhere I went, it was just Mac. You know, your dad's mostly your your dad is your mom and your mom is Lady Mosley. Your dad is the former like almost prime minister who was jailed uh, by the British government in 1943 in the height of the second world war, because he was trying to sympathize with like Hitler and the other people who he had at his wedding. Uh, like that, that Max Mosley all of a sudden went to a race one day and people were like, Oh, are you the son of uh, Alf Mosley? He's like a, a manufacturer. And he was like, Oh, I can disappear into the world of, uh, racing also like it's cool to watch cars go fast and that's how he got involved with like formula one racing basically in its previous iteration so he comes up with march f1 so the team march f1 like a massive mm -hmm. name uh a huge like came in way back in the day before braun gp they were like the braun gp of their day they came in and just embarrassed every other team that was already running in the in the championship including like ferrari and renault uh and mm -hmm. alfa romeo uh and williams and tyrrell and all these teams were like oh who are these people who are just upstarts who started building their car six months ago oh my god they just won a race oh my god they just won another race like they were freaking people out eventually one of his drivers was in uh like a horrible crash and it like changed max mosley's opinion 
and he started focusing more on safety. So this is why he's like complicated because without Max Mosley, we would not necessarily have safety crashes. Like the safety industry would not be what it is today. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are still alive today because of Max Mosley's efforts. So, I mean, I think probably, uh, yeah. uh, in line with Jackie Stewart as well, you know, coming into yes. that space and, and having a big impact on, on but, safety in, in Formula One. Max Mosley hired Charlie Whiting. Uh, he hired Sid mm. Watkins to be the, the medical uh, officer. Like, he's a huge reason why there is as much safety as there is, in addition to drivers who were, like, really looking to, like, advocate for themselves. They didn't. I mean, there were people who were dying all the time. His first, I think Max Mosley's first race was an F2 race where uh, um, Jim Clark died. Like, he, like, watched Jim Clark, like, one of the greatest racers ever. He, like, died in his first race. And he was like, oh, I'm going to change the way I race cars. And then he had a driver die. And he suffered through that loss. And he's like, I literally sat there next to that kid's dad in the pit lane and had to like reinforce to this kid's dad that his son had just died. We had just watched his son. Like he's like, I had to say it and it broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And like, so he's a very complicated person, but he also gamified F1. He turned the sport along with Bernie Eccleston. He turned the sport into the circus that it is today. I mean, this, he like was doing like elite level shittery. Um, uh, was what was happening. Uh, he basically like ousted the people who were running these regulatory bodies that were like a part of F1 but weren't a part of F1. And then they, him and Bertie, straight up tried to make a second world championship of professional drivers. Like it was literally something that they were like, oh, we're just gonna build a league and take all the teams with them. And Enzo Ferrari at the last minute like signed up to be with them which basically turned oh, like all of F1 against uh, the uh, federal uh, international sport, the auto or uh, whatever that is, and got Max Mosley installed in like the head of the FIA and also got <laughs> Bernie installed as the head of F1. So there were like these two like wealthy tyrants who love to just like f people over for sport. Uh, and mm -hmm. like they ended up running f1 uh so like they made so many enemies uh so many things along the way i mean he was part of the bridgestone and michelin fiasco that took f1 yep. away from the u.s uh yes for i mean what 10 11 12 years i think uh in 2005 right that was when that was i think yeah. it was yeah um but he basically, and that's when him and Bernie had a rift, and he more or less used his like influence to make the sport better. But his personality and his just like smarmy deal making, uh, like wealthy elite British man, uh, that entire persona took over the sport, and it created a lot of toxicity. And uh, I I don't like it. Uh, but he did make Formula One into the thing that I fell in love with, which is just like hard. It's really, it's tricky. It's so tricky to be like, oh, the reason I love F1 is because Max Mosley 
was so brutal and ruthless and was like, hey, like there was like a moment where he's like, oh yeah, some of the drivers and some of the teams wanted to like race in some of these races when they shut down the Canadian Grand Prix because of like rights, like him and Bernie basically were like, oh, we're not going to have the Canadian Grand Prix in like 1975. Uh, And like their whole thing was like, oh no, no, no. If you're in a hostage situation, if you say you're going to kill one of the hostages at 11 o'clock and at 11.01, a body doesn't come out if your demands aren't met, then you have no position of power. Like that's, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that is like what, that is literally what they said is like, if a body doesn't leave that building after the demands haven't been met, you have no position of power. So that's the way they ran F1 was just being like, we will hold out. We will put people's entire financial situation in jeopardy. We will humiliate you on a world stage. uh, If you don't let us play the way we want to play. And that's really what it was is, they wanted to play the way they wanted to play. It's not that if they weren't around, they wouldn't have been able to do it. Because uh, they had, uh, who's homeboy? Uh, uh, Jean-Marie uh, Ballesta uh, was a head of uh, uh, FISA, uh, F-I-S-A. Um, and he's the one, if you ever watch those old driver meetings where it's like him and Ayrton like yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's the dude who was running uh was running Formula One prior to Bernie. And like Max Mosley basically was like, I didn't like that guy, he was French, uh, and he was a prick. So we like wouldn't let him have any power, and then we got Bernie to take over a spot when we made him look weak. It's like, Jesus, dude, what what kind of weird game is this? What you're so so gross and so rich and so British. <laughs> uh yeah. But did you end up like getting any other dirt or finding anything else out about max mosley for me the max mosley story is always like (laughs) you know nazi orgy but there's other stuff there's uh you know uh he was in the 60s endorsing a super racist candidate and supporting him and and whatnot um and you know even even to this day when challenged about it or not to this day to more recent days when challenged about it does this like creepy sort of like backpedaling of being like well is saying that you know brown-skinned immigrants carry diseases is that really racist to say that you know if the data backs it up then yeah that yeah. kind of like yeah shittiness yeah um yeah so th- i mean there's just so much about him like he's like the foundation of this sport whether we want him to be or not like he is mm-hmm. like the very unflattering founder of this sport and his self-righteousness made f1 into what it is today mm-hmm. uh all of his political views suck uh but yeah uh, so there's just like a ton of information about him that I have now from this documentary, uh, which I think was produced by Hugh Grant because Hugh Grant shows up in it a little bit later. But yeah, it's weird. weird. Well, it's because of the news of the world stuff. It's because of the scandal. Okay. And the like him that, taking I mean, that down. Was it, what ended up defining the end of his life was that he went to war with the newspapers. Yes. And, and I guess he won, right? Like, yeah, he... yeah. He got them shut down. He took on Rupert Murdoch, and he's one of the only people to ever take down Rupert Murdoch directly. Like, not Mm -hmm. just Roger Ailes and, like, some of the people surrounding him, but, like, going after Homeboy. 
and not going after his son, not going like just being like, no, Rupert Murdoch is the monster in the fucking he's the boogeyman. So have you seen the the Guy Ritchie movie? I think it was like the last movie he made. Not with Hugh Grant in it. No, Um, no. Because I think it, I think it's almost in retrospect. I think it's almost like making some allusions to that. Like, and like, there's a whole thing where like Hugh Grant plays a slimy dude who's trying to like sell super dirty stories to the yeah. the London papers and what. That sounds about right. Because he like literally testified in the proceedings because they they tried to bring him in to be like, uh, well look what we did to Hugh Grant and his life is fine. And he was like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa. You don't get to use me. So he came in and was on the side of Max Mosley. But there's like some interesting stuff at the tail end of his, uh, of his life. With all that said, MBS isn't even making the sport better. So like, if you're mm-hmm. going to be that level of a shithead, that level of a monster, that level of a literal Nazi, like this man was in the tabloids for being a Nazi, for having a Nazi orgy. A sick Nazi orgy is what it this was is. For. This is Max Mosley, not Max Mosley. Ben, ben Sullivan. Not, not Ben Sullivan, um, but like at least the guy who was at a not Nazi this orgy week. party. Not this week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does next week, though. We'll see. <laughs> but, so I don't know, John. I think what, that's actually a perfect, I think that's a perfect framing of like from here. Like, yeah, Ben Sullivan, how, how can you top Nazi sex orgy? Yeah. And if you can top it, can you also maybe help the sport a little bit too instead of making the sport look bad? Instead of humiliating yourself as a Saudi who's drunk at a prize-giving ceremony. I mean, just the optics of that yeah. alone are like, what is happening? How Do you have mm-hmm. no like respect for yourself or who you are or what you represent? Not to be like that but like hey as a brown skinned person it's like if you don't have that if you don't constantly have that like right there and at like a level of like oh yeah how does this look how do i make others who look like me look then you're really not with it you're not aware of it or you're so out of touch you don't deserve to be where you are you know so in other words uh formula one and the fia business as usual yeah yeah (laughs) unfortunately but we'll see maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll dazzle us john maybe he will dazzle us yeah i think i've you know for for whatever reason i think i was feeling especially empathetic given that like he's just barely a year into his tenure Mm -hmm. running running the most complicated sport in the world yeah, uh, but you yeah. Know, this week that the, this past week, I just it, all of it kind of came into like, oh no, this is like you know, it's just another Elon esque sort of yeah. scenario of like, oh no, they're, like they're they're just not smart. Yeah. Oh no, like the reason they're where they're at is oh. because too many people gave them the benefit of the doubt. Like yeah. too many people said, well. I don't know. I mean, other people see something in this guy. Then, like, maybe it's something I don't see, and it, that's not that's that's how you get people like uh, Ben Salyman in the position that he's in. That's why you get people like mm-hmm. Elon Musk. That's why you get people like Boris Johnson. That's why you get people like uh, Dip Donnie down in Florida. Like you, that's what happens when you let people have the benefit of the doubt when they clearly do not deserve it. 
like clearly. So he no longer has my confidence. Uh, yeah, he, he hasn't had it yep. in a while, but he absolutely does not have my confidence. And I hope that the FIA does what it needs to do to start the process of removing him as president, because as high profile as this sport is becoming, you can't have someone like him be the forward facing representative, the public, the media representative, the person whose opinion matters the most. You know, uh, you, you we can't have that. We can't have that. Mm hmm. Sorry. Yep. I would rather have Christian Horner be head of the FIA. Okay. Just oh, to, Corey. Like, I would, I'm not even kidding. I would rather have Christian Horner be the head of the FIA. Uh, no gardening leave either. Just go, just go, just go do it. Ugh. All right. Well, I feel like I just launched very heavily into anti MBS stuff. And then also uh, just maybe tried to sanitize Max Mosley a little bit. I'm not sanitizing that guy. He's a monster. <laughs> He's such an incredible piece of shit. Uh, it's just, just yeah. a guy who likes to have Nazi orgies. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, Corey, thank you for unpacking a, a pretty deep and dusty patented F1 files cold case. It's, I'd say it's been a pleasure, but it's been a slog. If you're newer to the sport, uh, there's a lot of bizarre bits of nuance in oh the sport's God, yeah. history, and, and sometimes even recent history, yeah. uh, that is worth having some some really nice context for, Yeah, so we can kind of make peace with <laughs> where we're at today yeah. and, and hopefully moving forward into the future. And hopefully not make the same mistakes as the people who kind of let these people go without being punished or being held to account in the past. Like we, mm-hmm. we got to make these people who are like proclaiming to be ambassadors of the thing that we love. We have to make sure that they're not heads. Right. Mm-hmm. Or at least we should try. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'd say this is, this is the problem here, John, is that any publicity is good publicity and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that F1 stock went up yet again this week. And maybe because of this. Like, mm. Maybe even because Ben Solomon has been saying really dumb things and getting himself in more trouble than he needs to. That he mm-hmm. should. Uh, what about you? What do you think? Do you think we've gone up? I'm going to say the stock has... Uh, it's, it's just about level. Okay. This week, I think uh, I think there's other exciting things that are happening. I think you mm-hmm. know drama is always good, but to me, this sort of drama, and especially around like uh, you know borderline obscure aspects of the business of Formula One, are just like it's just not it's not healthy, and it's definitely no. not healthy for this guy no. to be running around and being like the sport is overvalued. Yeah. That's just that's bad for that's that's bad for that everybody. Makes, when you say that stocks go down, so yeah. I think that's that's pretty much where where I'm at. But I think this is also like creating a little bit of a vacuum for next week's uh, Red Bull reveal. Yep, in New York City again. You know, I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped. I'm pretty excited for just the notion of seeing what that's all about and really why why are red bull doing this in new york yeah. is it because of ford is it because of other things tied to the united states but to me just nonetheless that's a big deal and it's gonna 
it's going to send some pretty big waves through the yeah. Formula One community. Do you think you're going to be able to make that reveal, Johnny? Maybe? So here's the deal. They haven't publicly announced where it is. Oh. And I don't, I don't expect them to at this point. And I've been doing some hunting and scrounging and like even getting into like who's got, you know, permits to shut down certain streets or exactly. whatnot on February 3rd and whatnot. And I still haven't had anything come up. So hmm. uh, to our listeners, if anybody's in the know or has an inside track, yeah, definitely let us know. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like roaming around uh, notable <laughs> locations in Manhattan, presumably yeah. in on the morning of February 3rd. I'm assuming like yeah. 9 a.m., uh, so that it's most compatible with European times. Although I guess yeah. t- the time will become clear because I'm sure they'll do a live stream. They'll probably and, have like a and countdown what, and all that stuff. So we yeah, may- they'll have a countdown and a live stream and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be trying to figure out what's going on because I would love to, uh, you know, just cross the river. would love to pop over there yeah. and bring some rotten fruit with me and see if exactly. I can, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, get yeah. Get a get a rotten tomato on Christian Horner's fresh new kit. Oh God, please! I want that so badly. Uh, hey, keep keep an eye on Columbus Circle. I'm just thinking of places where they can do donuts. I'm now just mm. like um, near maybe the pedestrian uh, area near Grand Central or Columbus Circle. Is, yeah, I was like thinking that sort of like the the Grand Central Viaduct. Uh, yeah. But certainly, you know, Times Square. Yep. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, maybe like Brooklyn Bridge or something. But that's a pretty, maybe. that's a pretty, I don't think you can like shut the, no. that down. Well, I mean, you during could. A, a, during like daytime. I don't know. Eric Adams seems to be pretty okay <laughs> with a lot of stuff. So yeah, who knows, Mayor Adams? True. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, Johnny, where can the folks find you out there in the world to try to let you know where this reveal is going to be if they were to find out? Yeah, you can hit me up anytime on Twitter. My handle's Johnny Motion. And if you want to learn more about what it is that I get into, you can read all about that on johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can track me down. I am Burn Corey Burn on Twitter and on all the other social media stuff. We're also the F1 Files on Twitter and the F1 Files on TikTok. Uh, still uh, hanging on for dear life over in that ghost town we call Instagram and all but forgotten about Reddit at this point. Uh, and yeah, come come and try and track me down on there. Also... I will have a couple of live shows happening over the next few weeks uh, at the UCB theater. So keep an eye out for that. I'll tweet out stuff and post stuff, but uh, yeah, we got some stuff. Nice. Coming up. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, think that just about does it. Oh, right. Rate review, subscribe, tell friends, tell, tell your friends, friends, uh, shout out to everyone in Singapore and everyone in Belgium. Uh, what up, y'all? <laughs> um, uh, welcome to the party. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you the next time, and hopefully, you will catch up with us the next time on the F1 Files. Mm-hmm.